and welcome to the Expediters Podcast, where you can hear about front-of-mind topics in the logistics and freight forwarding industry through the lens of a global logistics provider. I'm your host, Chris Parker, and today it's time for the great big ocean market update. I can't tell you how many times I see mention of container ships backed up at ports and costs of containers at sky-high prices. I myself am an avid hobby board gamer, and even in a niche space like that, everyone seems to be buzzing about slowed-down supply chains, late deliveries of the hottest releases, and game publishers making hard decisions to pay to move or stay and lose. This is an incredibly tough time, and with some key events ahead, what is going on out there and what else is impacting this market that hasn't gotten enough spotlight? To help us understand the situation is our Senior Vice President of Global Ocean, Carl Francisco. Carl, welcome to the Expeditors Podcast. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, before we get started here? How long have you been with Expeditors and where has your career taken you? Sure. Uh, I've been with the company now, uh, Chris, for about 37 years. Mm -hmm. I started in the uh, Los Angeles office where I spent most of my career. And I moved to our corporate office in Seattle about five years ago to take over the uh, the Global Ocean product. What would you say uh, excites you the most about this job? What gets you fired up every day? Well, you know, I think right now everyone will uh, agree that you, you can't turn on the news in the morning without seeing what's going on in our industry, especially in the ocean side with all of the uh, supply chain congestion. So... Uh, what's exciting is being able to help customers uh, manage manage through uh, the challenges right now. And for right now, how have things been looking for you lately? Like, it's a what's little the hectic. Day, yeah, what's the day to day been like? It's a little hectic. <laughs> you know, we have video conference calls from six in the morning, sometimes till nine o'clock at night. But again, it's it's all in good fun because you know here we are trying to deal with the most difficult issue that we've ever faced over, boy, in forever. <laughs> and being able to help customers, uh, you know, maneuver this is is uh, actually exciting for yeah. us. Now, before we get started, I, I want to call it one thing. Mm -hmm. You're kind of a rock star from what I've heard. Could you tell, <laughs> could you just share with the audience just a little bit about your really cool past? Yeah. Well, uh, I went to music school and my dream was to be uh, a musician. Uh -huh. And uh, I lived it for about three to four years and realized that I needed to get serious and uh, get a job that pays well. Sure. So uh, that's when I entered the logistics industry and started with Expeditors back in 1984. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about uh, the crazy times that we're seeing today. Uh you know, global supply chain shortages and delays uh, continue to make headlines. What are some aspects to think about when looking at what we're seeing today? Well, you know, uh, if you think about what's going on in the uh, the ocean industry, you know, it's all started uh, back in 2020 in Q, well, about Q2, mm -hmm. when COVID happened. You know, uh, when the world went to sleep and everyone shut down, a lot of retail stores were closed, uh, ships were parked. You know, a lot of ships were parked because not a lot of goods were moving. And then what we saw was, you know, as things started to get back online in uh, Q2, more, many in Q3, then things started to take off and get crazy. And it hasn't stopped since, mm -hmm. right? So we've been in this now for about, oh, going on a full year, maybe slightly over a year, with no end in sight in terms of how much longer this will continue. You know, as long as we continue to see, you know, ships on anchor and a lot of congestion at the terminal ports, uh, it's going to be um, a big struggle for a lot of customers. One thing I noticed actually early on in the pandemic was a exceedingly high demand for very specific products. When ships were parked, how did the ocean market kind of respond to these needs and random demands that kind of went all over the place? Yeah, you know, I think uh, when when that happened, you know, obviously what was on everyone's mind was in the healthcare industry. How do we uh, get the PPE equipment into the countries? Uh, how do we help, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, countries, uh, you know, 
get the, the the necessary goods that they needed to help fight the COVID and what have you. So, and it was all about protecting people uh, because a lot of the retail stores were closed. You know, there wasn't a lot of retail goods shipping. Uh, high tech was extremely heavy because oh, yeah. as people started working at home and they needed a lot of equipment, so we saw, we saw a lot of uh, high tech goods being shipped at that time. Okay, so that's early on the pandemic. Kind of has the situation changed at all? What are the real stressors right now? So here we are a year later. And uh, it appears that we are still having a very difficult time trying to, you know, get ships offloaded, uh, you know, in uh, in the U.S. Uh, and also in Europe because of all the congestion. Mm-hmm. And I think the primary reason for that is, uh, you know, a strong demand of goods being shipped right now. If you look at inventory levels, they're extremely low on the retail sector. Uh, and companies are just really, really busy right now trying to get products into the countries. Uh, all of this is creating a huge, huge uh, stress on the on the port situation. There's a lack of truck drivers. There's a lack of chassis and equipment, and overall lack of laborers. Right. So we think that you know until we see a slowness in demand, uh, things will be somewhat challenging for I would say for some time. You can't go a single day without seeing headlines about the great resignation. Is, is the labor force at the ports being affected by that or is there, are there other conditions happening? I would say with the terminal operators, I think they're doing really well from a labor standpoint. I, I would say the shortage would be in the, the ability to find truck drivers mm-hmm. and also equipment for the truck drivers. That seems to be the biggest struggle right now. In addition to that, what we're finding is you know a lot of uh, um, shippers as far as the, the actual goods being stored in their facilities, that they're quite full. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they've ran out of space. They have a hard time taking on more goods. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of containers that are fully loaded, sitting on chassis in a, in a container yard, uh, waiting to be offloaded. And that seems to be one of the biggest challenges right now with trying to get more velocity in and out of the terminals with equipment. So there's not enough equipment to get things out. There's not enough space to hold anything to offload the boats. That's correct. When they come in. And so everyone is just waiting in line for space. That's correct. So then kind of for the rest of 2021, uh, what are some of the important milestones? I mentioned in the intro that there's a couple of key events that are happening or coming up. Uh, What are some of the important milestones that people should be aware of? Sure. Uh, here we are in November. We're in the heart of peak season right now and also holiday season. Mm-hmm. Peak traditionally happens around the August time frame. And some will say that we we never really got out of peak, right? And when you think about, you know, when, when you know, countries started to get back online and shipping started to happen again back in Q3 of 2020, it hasn't really stopped. So peak never really stopped. Mm-hmm. But here we are. We're in holiday season. There's a lot of goods right now that's, that's, that's being shipped right now. And I think a lot of customers right now, they're primarily focus is the rest of the year, right? Let's finish off this year. Let's make sure that we get our goods off the uh, the ships, get it into our warehouses so we can have a strong holiday season. That mm-hmm. would be the first thing is just get, get through the year. The second thing on a lot of customers' mind is, you know, what's going to happen next year with the ILWU contract negotiation. Oh, yeah. As a lot of people know, it's coming up for renewal. It expires on July 1st, 2022. Right. And uh, typically, you know, looking back over the years, uh, the two parties that negotiate the contract, the Pacific Maritime Association, which is the employer of the ILW, they usually start their negotiations in May. We're not really sure when that's going to happen next year. But looking back historically, that's usually the time frame when they start to talk. Now, things weren't any better last year during the holiday season and peak of 2020. 
were there any lessons learned uh, that people are kind of taking forward in into this year? Well, you know, again, you know, we're really not out of the COVID environment in terms of shipping. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing a lot of congestion because of that. Um, so it hasn't really slowed down. And again, if if we don't come out of this um, this COVID environment, you know, I would say within the first part of next year, then it could be a very difficult year next year for a lot of customers. You know, knowing that there's the ne- negotiations for the ILWU's uh, new contract, along with dealing with the COVID environment, mm-hmm. that that'll bring some challenges to a lot of shippers. Right, let's take a closer look at this ILWU situation here. Um, could you educate me a little bit more sure. on, on looking back, you know, what can we expect with um, these negotiations? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, l- looking back, say, 20 years ago, back mm-hmm. in 2002, that was the first really big, I would say, uh, you know, um, challenge between the, the two parties as far as negotiating the contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took about seven months for the contract to be resolved. They settled on a six-year agreement back in 2002. But during that negotiation period, there were some tense moments where, you know, there was a slowdown period with the ILWU where they were struggling with, uh, you know, finding workers. Uh, and it, they felt that it was unsafe, um, you know, to work in the environment they're in. So it got to a point where the employer actually locked the, the the ILWU out from coming to work. Wow. There was a 10-day period where the ILWU was not working at all. Wow. And ba- because of those 10 days, you know, the ports were really backed up. I think back then we were, there were about 100 ships on anchor in Los Angeles, and it took about six months to recover, mm-hmm. right? So it was a really tense moment, and there was a lot of disruption in 2002. Six years later in 2008, there wasn't a, a lot of disruption. Uh, it was relatively a quiet year, very smooth operations. So both parties agreed to extend the, the, the agreement for an additional six years. Mm-hmm. Right? So 2014, which was six years later, another tense period where they had some really sticking points on the negotiations. Uh, once again, uh, there was a slowdown in the operations at the terminal. There were a lot of vessels on anchor again, and it took the uh, the ports to clear up for an additional four months. So. It was a very difficult time. Uh, they finally came to terms on that agreement, and they agreed to extend it for three years. Fast forward to 2017, a quiet year. They agreed to extend it for two additional years, and 2019 came along. And then, once again, they agreed to extend it three years, and here we are. July 1st, 2022 is the next negotiations. <sighs> so, in looking back over the last 20 years, I would say, Two periods where it's very difficult. You know, a lot of customers were affected by the slowdowns. Uh, for sure, there was a lot of disruptions. Goods were on vessels for a long period of time. There was some uh, a case where carriers claimed force majeure, and when that happens, you know, they actually offloaded some of the cargo in non-ILWU ports, like in Mexico and Canada, mm-hmm. and decided to go back to Asia. So when that happens, it creates a lot of problems. And so, how does that impact shippers? How does it impact forwarders? What what is that? What do those ripples look like? Yeah. For for the forwarders, there's really, I mean, for the shippers, there's really not not much they can do, right. right? I mean, if you have your cargo on ships that are on anchor and they can't berth, there's really nothing you can do, Jeez. right? It's a really, really difficult time. Yeah. What a lot of customers tried to do was start avoiding the West Coast ports mm-hmm. because the ILW only covers the West Coast, mm-hmm. not the East Coast. Uh, however, at that those during that time frame, you know, there wasn't a lot of capacity going to the East Coast, so it made it very difficult for shippers to to transition freight from the West to the East. So 
Really? They sat and wait for a long time to get their cargo. Incredible. And so, and then to recover from those uh, from those lockouts, how, that you said six months or so? Is that it's, how long? It, and back in 2002, it took up to six months Jeez. to fully get back to normal. In 2014, it took to, I think, about four months to get back to normal. Oh, wow. That's incredible. So then what would options be in, in past lockouts sure. uh, that shippers were able to exercise? Yeah. So right now, what we're... I think a lot of customers, what they ought to be thinking about is let's not wait until next year, mm-hmm. you know, when they start negotiating. I believe planning needs to happen now mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter of this year, okay? Going what we've been through for the last 12 months, we should have a lot of experience to know how to deal with these situations, mm-hmm. okay, with COVID. Uh, we've done a lot of creative things in the industry. The industry have seen things that, that we've never seen before where you have a lot of companies chartering vessels to move cargo right mm-hmm. now because it's so difficult. So the, the right thing to do is to sit down with your provider and have these discussions. Are you looking at changing the way you ship goods next year in the event there is a possible slowdown on the West Coast, right? Sure. Are you going to start diverting more cargo from the West to the East Coast? Will you start looking at offshore distribution points, right? Will you start looking at maybe pulling orders up early, right, to avoid a possible slowdown? So all of these things should be talked about, especially right now with your service provider. It's all about increasing that supply chain resiliency. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And knowing what we know right now going through the COVID period should prepare us once again on how to deal with a difficult situation if it does occur. We're hoping that it'll be a smooth negotiations and mm-hmm. uh, that would make everyone's life a little bit more easier, especially while we're doing uh, dealing with COVID right yeah. now. So going back to the shippers, uh, what would you say are some of the biggest headaches right now? Uh, on top of this resiliency question that, that they're asking themselves, uh, what else is kind of uh, acting as a stressor and what can they do about it? Yeah, I would say right now, a lot of shippers in the ocean side, they're having difficulties finding space in the marketplace. Yeah. Uh, all trades are completely sold out. Uh, there's a space is finite. There's a lack of capacity right now. There's really more demand right now than capacity. So I would say the number one challenge is finding space to move cargo. Mm-hmm. Okay, that would be the first challenge. The second challenge would be the the costs associated with moving cargo right now. Yeah, because demand outweighs supply. Right, it's a seller's market right now, and these costs are extremely high. We've never seen costs like we've, we're seeing right now in the marketplace, and that's really got to hurt a lot of customers in the back pocket. So that's a big struggle too. Mm-hmm. And then finally, once the cargo gets to its final destination, now we have to deal with, you know, the, the congestion issues at the terminals that we talked about earlier. You know, how do we get it off the boats in a timely manner? How do we get it on a truck? How do we get it unloaded into our facility? These are all things that every company is struggling at right now. Mm-hmm. And again, until we start seeing a lot of these vessels no longer on anchor, and they're starting to birth, right? This problem could have could go on for a little bit longer than we would like it to be. That's one of the things I wanted to ask next was, what are some signs that will tell us that things are getting better? How will we know that this situation is improving? Sure, great question. You know, the first thing, you know, that we always see and hear and ask, demand needs to drop, right? Mm-hmm. Demand is extremely strong right now. Uh, shipments going from Asia to Europe, shipments going from Asia to the U.S., um, Basically, every trade is very, very busy. Mm-hmm. If the demand slows down, you know, it allows the terminal operations to get caught up, right? And hopefully things will clear up. Another good indicator would be uh, once you start seeing ships no longer on anchor, you know, what's normal is when you don't have ships on anchor, that they actually arrive into the port and they're actually worked on within a day or two days of arriving within the port. As long as you have ships that continue to be on anchor for a long period of time, 
the demand and with the demands being the way they are right now, it'll be very difficult for things to get back to normal. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if you could share a little bit about what you've seen from successful companies. How have people figured things out for themselves? I can't get into specifics. I'm not an expert here, but have you seen anyone kind of figure it out? Yeah, everyone's looking for that silver bullet. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> it doesn't exist sure. right now. Whether you are a large shipper or medium or small shipper, everyone's faced with the same challenges. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult. I would say some of the successful companies that seems to do a little bit better is the planning. Planning is extremely crucial. Mm-hmm. What's what's planning is really providing, you know, providing a really good forecast, knowing what's coming at, you know, the the steamship lines, you know, way in advance will put that company in a better position to protect space and have the right equipment available to them. And we know how difficult this is for companies to forecast, mm-hmm. you know, or have a good plan. But more, now more than ever, it's extremely vital that they have a good plan, especially going into next year, right? Where, you know, we, we might continue to see what's happening next, this year bleeding into next year. So having a good plan, having a good forecast will help everyone in supply chain. Yeah, for sure. To end on a high note, because I think we've kind of covered a lot of uh, dour stuff here. Uh, what are some things that have kind of been exciting you as shipping powers through everything that we're seeing? Yeah, it's been on a high note and a very difficult year that we're still living right now is a little <laughs> difficult to do. Sure. However, I would say that, you know, one of the things we've learned a lot during this whole COVID era and seeing the challenges in the industry is how companies, uh, you know, uh, you know, are creative and creative in looking at ways and moving products that have a hard time getting on the ships. Mm-hmm. You know, we see companies uh, chartering vessels, for example, to just to move cargo. We see companies, you know, doing a lot of conversions from ocean to air. Air freight. Uh, now that's not not anything new, mm-hmm. but in today's world where space is finite, also on the air side, that is something that's very difficult to do. That needs to be planned ahead. Uh, being very compliant driven is extremely important, as we see a lot of companies wanting to do different things, like you know, possible offshore distribution in uh, in other countries before it, it goes to the intended country. And getting your provider involved and understand all the compliance aspects is extremely important. Yeah. So, you know, it's been very tough. It's tough for all of the players in the supply chain, from the the ocean liners to the terminal operators, the shippers, the consignees, and also the employees of the uh, the logistics companies. It's been a very difficult year. But, you know, hopefully uh, things will start to look up, yeah, you know, as we continue to move forward and do the best we can yeah. in the industry. Over your 37 years, is there one bit of wisdom that you want to just get out there? Um I would say, you know, in in my role as far as a service provider, delivering news, whether it's good or bad, isn't really important. Mm. And I think a lot of times, because there's so much bad news going on right now, people are hesitant to deliver that bad news. But now more than ever, I think that needs to be shared. Because you can take action on it. You can take action with it. Good or bad. Yeah. You put the customer in a situation where they can make a choice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, Carl, thank you so much for uh, for sharing your thoughts today. If people wanted to get into touch with you to talk more about Ocean, um, where how can they reach you? Absolutely. They can either email me mm-hmm. at yeah. carl.francisco at expeditors.com, mm-hmm. or they can reach out to the corporate office in Seattle, Washington, and um, I'll be available anytime. Sure thing. Thank you so much, Carl. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you've got questions or want to learn more about today's topic, check out the show notes for more information. And before you go, make sure you're subscribed on whatever podcast app you're using so you won't miss the next episode. To learn more about Expeditors, you can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or simply visit us at expeditors.com. Take care, and I'll see you next time.